0: This program is powered by Tascam. Tascam's mini studio creator, US42, is your new personal production and online broadcast studio. Featuring a professional quality audio interface and a number of unique real-time effects, the mini studio creator delivers everything you need for your podcast or webcast. Find out more at Tascam.com. Part of the Gibson family of brands.
1: USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation.
0: Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention.
2: Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team.
1: We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I.
0: These people may be
2: isolated, unbalanced even,
0: but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need.
2: Shoot up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready.
0: And welcome to another edition of We Be... Of
2: Mighty Ah! Marvel Geeks. You've got your geeks crossed, dude.
0: Yeah, in more ways than one. Um, Again, welcome to Mighty Marvel Geeks. It's another issue because we have issues. Uh, It is Eric, Kylan, and myself. Izzy? I mean, Mike? Yeah. One of those weeks.
2: Yeah, are, are you sure you're you? And you're not just an LMD or something?
0: Unfortunately, we cannot ignore the inevitable. Yeah,
1: LMDs are scary. We, uh, yeah, no.
0: Oh, scary! Oh, we I think we're going to be talking a little bit more about LMDs as uh, the Agents of Shield LMD story arc continues.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Shield doesn't have a good history with those things. Really don't. No, no but no. but
2: you know what I have heard? What? I've heard that Apple has acquired. Acquired the patent by stealing it from Samsung and is coming out with the ILMD this fall. It'll cost about 20% more than a regular LMD and can only be run on about 20% of shield bases, but the people who love it will swear by them. <laughs> Is, is this?
1: I, I can see that. I, I can it, totally see that.
0: Is this coming with the new our new storage units called the IRAX and our new tennis shoes called the IRANS? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that. And, and <laughs> this is this is where I apologize for that bad fun with the article the uh, the product called I Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I tell yeah. you who's
2: not sorry at the moment, though. That is Dan Buckley. He has no, been. No, he is not. Yes, uh, just day before yesterday, we are we are taping this on uh, Friday evening, the twentieth, and uh, this came out day before yesterday. The Hollywood Reporter was reporting that Dan Buckley has been named president of Marvel Entertainment. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means he will manage a portfolio covering all of Marvel except for the movie division. Wow! So you've got Kevin Feige overseeing the movies, mm-hmm. and then you have, luckily, everything else. Yeah, yeah. Comics, TV, video games, uh, comics. Animation. The anime,
1: the, all the animation animated
2: yeah. stuff, yeah. Yeah. So, now this, this to me is a good story, though, because uh, he's been publisher of Marvel Comics since 2003, okay? Uh, he got his Marvel start working in the international licensing division, okay? And then he worked his way up to become a marketing VP in the 1990s. Now, he left Marvel for a while, but he came back in 2003. As the as publisher now under Buckley's leadership, uh, Marvel has been they they launched Marvel Unlimited. They uh, partnered with Scholastic to get Marvel's books outside of comic book stores. Uh, launched things like Secret Wars and Civil War. And he he seems to have a very balanced approach. He knows he knows Marvel Comics. Right. I mean the Hollywood the Hollywood Reporter says quote um, it is also seen as a reward for an executive who has been praised for a management style that blends mediums. That's a plus. And this is my favorite part, an intimate geek knowledge of Marvel Comics. So seriously, guys, if you're going to put somebody in charge of something, make sure he knows what he's doing, or she. Make sure that they know the subject, what they're doing. And it looks like Buckley does. So is he taking over for Keonas? Um... I'm not sure. Uh, this doesn't. With, this doesn't. the The article doesn't say.
1: I, I now, read an article. I read an article about the other uh, on the day of, and it said that they were. They basically. They. The title was being more reflective of his expanded uh, roles within Marvel. So it was. It seems like it was a created title, more yeah. or less. Now, um, I don't he know. Still
2: has to report to Ike Perlmutter, right? The Marvel CEO. That makes sense, but it sounds like it's like. Like there's Ike, and then there's the two of them, mm-hmm. Feige and Buckley. So yeah, I mean, to me, I, I think this is a good thing.
0: It
1: uh, certainly wouldn't hurt.
0: No, no, it wouldn't. See, I, I could have sworn that you know, Keonas was you know still head of of Marvel, right? But apparently, he's not anymore. Mm. Unless, I'm thinking the r- that way. Unless I'm thinking of someone else, but I thought it was—I thought it was him. Who, who? Who else am I thinking of?
2: Well, there's Joe Quinones who's done like Howard the Duck, and right, right. Oh, now I can't think. Why? I don't know. All right. Well, I'm still looking. Yeah, well, up. we just ground the show to an incredible halt, didn't we? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we did. And y- you know what? It's okay, because I'm getting my answers. I'm trying to type as fast as I can. Marvel <laughs> Comics, key people. Alex Alonzo is editor-in-chief. Dan Buckley, Excellent. publisher, See, Okay, so who? Officers. Are you thinking Casada? Yes, Casada. Duh. Yes, Casada. Why am I thinking
1: Casada yeah, uh, moved, uh, gosh. A couple of years ago, he moved, he, he moved from, cause he was editor in chief, and then he moved from editor in chief to like a, I think he's like more corporate now.
0: Um. He was editor in chief of the company in 2000, named chief creative officer of Marvel Entertainment in 2010, and left right. his editor in chief role in 2011, being replaced by Alex Alonso. He was, Axel. His re- Axel, he was at his retirement the longest serving Marvel editor <laughs> editor in chief, then Stanley. Okay, so he's retired.
1: Wow. I didn't that? realize he, he retired. Here, yeah.
0: So when did he retire?
2: Uh, let's see. He was named chief creative officer of Marvel Entertainment 2010 and left his. His editor in chief role in January 2011, being replaced by Axel Alonso. So I'm guessing 2011
1: because he used to do those. Uh, not long after Marvel, not long after Disney bought Marvel, uh, mm-hmm. I remember him doing those little uh, bits where he was showing how to draw, like the Hulk. His his technique for showing the Hulk jumping or mm-hmm. Captain America fighting or something, and, and I loved those bits of his. And then you know, then you know they they made a couple moves and seemed like he was still around, I thought, but I guess not.
2: Well, he, he I designed a poster for Luke Cage, but that's, that's about it that I see here. I know I can still
0: email him through Disney. I
1: don't know. Maybe he still has an office there.
0: Alright, so let's check the Marvel Wikipedia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's see what they say. Of course, nothing. Um, Casada mm-hmm. works at Marvel Television. Uh, Chief Creative Officer, Marvel Entertainment, uh, EP, Executive Producer, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Shield, and Agent Carter. Oh, so okay. from his Facebook page. Still
2: around. Yeah, okay.
0: So, yeah. Um,. So, but speaking of which, though, he he mentions on his Facebook page, uh, this, this is a cool little tidbit. Okay, I guess I can talk about this now. My first penciling gig in comics was drawing Spelljammer for DC. My anchor was Dan Panosian. Dan and I became great friends throughout the experience, and we never had the opportunity to work together again until I received a call from Hugh Jackman with an incredibly generous offer to draw a cover and some comic pages for his upcoming movie Logan. What I didn't know was Dan was working on the movie as well, so he ended up inking my pages. got love how life works out sometimes. If so he-,
2: he did the comic that Logan is leafing through? Yes. Cool. Oh, now that is a pretty awesome little meta moment. Now,
0: yeah. now, here's the best thing. This is a book designed for the movie. It's not in the actual catalog for the X-Men books. Mm-hmm.
2: How much you want to get- bet that it gets published? I would hope so.
0: Means they need to go back and finish the story, right? Because he only did a few pages. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, see, that's but, the beauty of it. You don't do the whole book. You just do those pages, right?
0: Yeah. So why are we talking about this? Because the Logan trailer just came out earlier this week,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and this is a this is I think the Wolverine Logan movie we've been wanting this whole time.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: The store, I mean, this type of, whether it really needs to be R rated or not, I don't know. But this is the type of movie we needed.
2: Now, you can be edgy and you can be hardcore and not have to be rated R. That is true. I mean, it, it is possible. Now, I'm sure that's going to hack off some of the fanboys that says, oh, well, you know, we don't we don't waste time with with superhero movies that aren't rated R. Well, it's kind of like, well, that's just that's just lazy storytelling on your part, Jughead. So <laughs> yeah.
0: now the. What you call it? The uh, Deadpool movie mm-hmm. was was kind of justified. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, Deadpool is over the top anyway. Right. That's the character. You know. Right. That's the character. It's not necessarily Logan's. No. I mean, it can be. I could. I could. I could entertain an argument as to why. It <laughs> But a, a PG-13 Deadpool movie would have been Steven Spielberg presents Freakazoid. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. If y'all remember that cartoon at all. Mm-hmm. With some characters, dark and gritty works. Yeah. And with other characters, it doesn't work as much. Mm-mm. No. But I like the tone that they have set for Logan. Yeah. It's not it, it's not a grand scope. I mean, we don't see, he's not saving the world. No. I mean, he, he's not even saving the tri-state area. He, he's like, he's saving himself. Yeah. And Laura and Professor. Mr. Xavier.
0: Mm, yep. Yeah. Well, it, it gets even better. Um, you know, we see in the movie Professor X drops an F bomb in this trailer, so we we know they're pushing the limits even more. Um, the whole convenience store scene with with X twenty three, where she bears her uh-huh. claws or threatens to bear her claws initially, and then the the way they have her going and and, and having her fit in is almost Wolverine's daughter in the long run is brilliant.
2: Yeah, I mean he's he's not her father, father, but he but is a father figure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean we've seen this kind of behavior from Logan before. It's like, you know, he, he would take he take in Kitty, he, yeah. he would uh, uh take in uh Jubilee and uh in the movies he took in Rogue. Yeah.
0: Now, and, and like I said, you know, we just talked about briefly too the uh the comic book scene. It's only the latest in a long line of meta moments in the movie, uh or at least in this trailer. Um, one of the big ones is of course X 23, um, the, in the book, um, I mean, it's funny how they bring in the X Men book for this.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like, well, well you know, you always wonder because not it, 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 in in so in so many superhero movies you don't see the comic. Like yeah. even in the Marvel comics, you see the comic. <laughs> you know, like no Spidey. You're like, yeah, why does this guy get respect? I don't get respect, and this is my comic. You know, you, you see that, mm-hmm. uh, do, but you do, don't see that in the movies. I love that they're doing that here.
0: The only the only character I could see where it would have been possibly done in the movie would have been Captain America. Yeah, with what? Well, what we kind of have
2: that. Yeah, just a little bit with the with the trading card set. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and I like the fact that they're as now with uh, with Logan, they're kind of showing that their actions <coughs> have uh, their actions have repercussions, and not necessarily like if you do this, bad things happen kind of thing. It's like you can't be completely under the radar. No. Yeah. And that word of your exploits gets out. And of course, people are going to capitalize on that. Right. So what do they do? They move them into comic book form. It's like we, we do stories about these.
1: And, you know, and that's. It's okay. It's like it was almost like when you go back, going back to Captain America: First Avenger. Like he inherently knew that he was a living legend, mm, that yeah. he was a living symbol, and he he knew that his actions <clears throat> carried weight. Uh, if for no one else, at least the his fellow soldiers around. him. Well, the way know.
2: that the way that Senator Brant had him involved in in the PR campaign. Yeah. I mean that's kind of a different animal a little bit because he knows there's marketing campaigns going on around. Mm-hmm. I mean he's in this these series of films and he goes around on this live tour. So, it's a slightly different animal, Mm -hmm. because if you look at that scene in the trailer where Logan is holding up the comic book, Mm -hmm. I got the impression that either A, they didn't really know a lot of that was going on, or or more accurately, they had no say in it. I'm
1: thinking there's no say.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking more of the no say, because I mean, seriously, if you're a mutant vigilante slash hero, um, you really don't want to be have that big of a public figure. You don't yeah. want to have that much of a public presence. Uh so you can't just show up for PR events. You can't just uh you, you can't walk into Marvel Comics offices and say, "Hey, you're taking liberties with my adventures. I want my cut." Right. Right. So I'm I'm thinking this is kind of like more kind of like more when he says it didn't you know a quarter of that happened and not in this way I got the feeling that they're not particularly too happy with the comic books
1: right well you know it, it's you know okay you think if, if you think about it in real world terms and I, and and I, I when when I'm watching a movie like this that's what I do I think I, I look at it in real world terms and okay so a mutant who is already on the fringe of society really wouldn't uh, like like you say they Really wouldn't have much say if someone decided to make a comic book about their exploits. Okay, I understand that. And and then to take that and I guess who would be the who would be the legal advocate for something like that? Like in the case of the Fantastic Four, they're they're lawyered up already anyway. You you figure yeah. that they'll they have somebody looking out for that sort of thing. The Avengers. Pretty much the same thing, you know. Yeah, you but, figure
2: Stark's team of lawyers is probably ponying up for them oh, too. Oh, yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know that, uh, uh, along with you no, know, I mean, because you know who's. Uh, I mean, they obviously got a cut going on somewhere because you know they have action figures. That that's true. That is something that we see in Agents of Shield and like in some of the movies. They're, they're swag out there for the for those superheroes. So somebody yeah. out there is handling that legal side for them. Um, when sure, it comes to some, it, it's
0: not damage control know that.
1: No, no, Damage control cleans up after him though. You know?
0: we never know Although, because the series isn't
2: out yet. Well, here's the question: I'm just going to totally derail our our planned conversation. But do you think with the the DC series Powerless coming to NBC, do you think we're going to see a damage control? I, you don't think so? I don't think so because that it's it's sounding a little bit too close. Yeah, it,
0: it really. I is. really.
2: I I do believe that Marvel, if they wanted to get a damage control series out. It'd be out already. They missed the boat. They missed the boat. They yeah. missed well, the window. Now well, we we have heard though that uh, let's see what's his name. Um, oh crap! I'm kind of, I'm trying to oh, think. Oh yeah, because
1: the secret. Somebody's got a secret.
2: A pro, uh, Marvel project. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to think who it is. We're oh, John talking? Ridley, John, Ridley. Yes. John Ridley. He's uh he's got a mystery project in the works, a Marvel TV show in the works. And the last update that we heard was that they're revamping that. It's kind of like Done. rewriting the script and the Hold screenplay play for it.
1: Does that mean that maybe we're going to have two of our favorite agents coming back? I- I'm I'm
2: sorry. I'm just hoping it's possibly it's possible.
1: I, I, I still want most wanted. I'm sorry. Most wanted. The more I thought about it, the better concept it was just
2: saying, yeah. uh, yeah, Channing Dungey, the uh, the president of ABC Entertainment Group, uh, was telling Entertainment Weekly recently that uh, that Ridley is working on a rewrite of that script for Marvel at the moment. Oh. She said, we have not seen a new version of it. He's been on production of his show over in London and on season three of American Crime. So those are the things that have been top of mind for him at late. But I have heard from Marvel that he is working on a revision to that script. Wow. So I, I really don't think I, I don't think it's damage control. Yeah, no.
1: I can't mainly see. mainly
2: because powerless is is just really too close for for comfort. I know right. not the exact same thing, but but yeah. close enough. So you know, it would not surprise me in the least if they if he was working on a rehash of Most Wanted because I think about it, they went pretty far along in the process. They did before they said, yeah, we're not going to do it.
1: I mean, you, you were full on committed. I mean, you I mean agents were. Gone, goodbyes were made. Space was space was already more or less reserved for that show. Yeah. I'm just saying.
2: So I'm just I'm I'm saying we may we may see most wanted after all. Fingers crossed, dude. Yeah. Well that was so totally not what we were gonna talk about, but there it is.
0: (laughs) No, but I mean it's good. Uh I, I think we covered the trailer as much as we could though.
1: That's yeah. true. That, that yeah, and I I'm I'm actually excited for this Wolverine movie.
0: Yes. This will be the second X Men franchise film Fox has done right.
1: Well, you know, maybe they, 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 they got maybe a clue learned. from Wolver- they got a clue from Deadpool. They got a clue.
0: We can hope. Oh yeah, that's all we can do is hope.
1: Yeah, because uh, you know the mess that was uh, Age of um, Age of Apocalypse. I, I don't even remember that movie. I know I paid money. I know I sat in the theater and I saw something on the screen. I can't recall anything from it. I really wasn't can't.
2: Poe Dameron the bad guy.
1: Poe Dameron was a bad guy. Oh, it
2: Didn't even look
0: like Apocalypse. No, but but again, we're talking Fox and the X Men: Age of Apocalypse. It ranks right up there with Fantastic Flop.
1: Or Batman, Heart, Superman, Age of Flop. The the Flop
0: of Justice.
1: The Flop of Justice.
2: There you go. Oh, okay. (laughs) Shh. No sound effect for that one.
0: It's because it's a distinguished <laughs> competition.
2: Okay. Oh. oh. The, 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 the,
0: same, the same group that is bringing us The Flush.
1: Oh, oh no, you did
0: <laughs> Yes, I did. Oh. All right. Yes, I did. The I, Flush. I don't
1: understand that. I don't understand. You, you but, have uh, one on TV. Why do you have a completely different one in the movie? And they're both supposed to be the same one. I don't understand that.
0: That's the first director going down with the flush, oh my God. and that's the second director that's been hired. That's probably going down with the flush as well.
2: <laughs>
1: Hello, kidoki.
2: <okay-do-key. laughs> this not... is the
1: reason why I, I'm going to. I'm, I am going to work on the 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 winnibus, the Hella the Hella Bagel, the Hella Bago, Hella Bago, There.
0: Okay, so we're gonna have Eagle Six.
1: No, you know why? You Know why? Because I'm gonna get the hell. Of, I'm gonna get the Winnebago that was in stripes. You know the one with the, the that was the urban the, the, the urban EM50? assault vehicle. The EM fifty.
0: So it's gonna be mm. modified. So it's gonna be modified. Next thing you know, we're gonna have Barf and and Lodestar
2: on the team.
1: Hey, hey, they need we need pilots. I mean, I could pilot the thing, sure, but
2: does it come uh, with Bill Murray with a newsie? That's what I want to know. Ooh, yes. Now, that's a man that could be cast in the MCU, and I would be full-on happy with that. Who would he be? I don't know. I would have said Justin Hammer because he's kind of got that goofy. Yeah. But the guy they cast is is, is too good. Yeah. Justin Hammer was awkward and
1: smart and just the right kind of weird. Mm -hmm. And you know that you're not supposed to like him, but you can't help but like him, but you feel sorry for him at the same time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He's kind of like the Walmart brand of of military hardware.
1: Okay, explain that when I'm loving this. Explain it. Cheap. Yes, yes.
0: So, how about a little Avengers Infinity War action here?
1: Oh, yeah, okay. Because we're, we're hitting uh,
0: that infinite death spiral. We,
1: we are, you know, okay, so... There's m- more than a little bit of a rumor, I'd say, uh of, of that Avengers Infinity War is considering Peter Dinklage in a key role, okay? Uh now uh- what what we have is um, I, I, well, you know that the cast for um, Infinity War is huge now. Okay, yeah, and right. and so uh, and so, Infinity War is not just a a two part movie, and you know, and so I guess Infinity War and Avengers Four are shooting back to back, so they're I guess they're ex- expecting to see maybe a bit of a crossover going on. So the there are reports that Peter Dinklage is in talks with. With, uh, Marvel uh to have a key role in Infinity War. Now the thing is uh season 7 of uh, Game of Thrones has recently wrapped pri- principal photography. So Dinklage has time to shoot uh which well, I guess so shooting would actually start this summer. Now well, this is the well, uh, Game of a-
0: Thrones Game of Thrones season 7 is going to be a short season anyway.
1: Right. And, uh, and mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. See, see—that's th- the reason why you end up with coal in your stocking.
2: <laughs> He's lucky; it's just coal.
1: <laughs> Seriously. So, and, and uh, this is from an article from uh, DenteGate dot com. Um, so, the thing is, they're uh, so they're kind of throwing out who could uh, Peter Dinklage. What, what role could he play? Um, now this story, now, uh, Infinity War is loosely based on the classic, uh, Marvel, uh, story, Infinity Gauntlet, that was, uh, written by Jim Starlin, George Perez, and Ron Lim. Uh, so I remember when this story came out, it was huge. Uh, so they're throwing some names out there. There's Pip the Troll, um, and, uh, which means there's a chance that we could see Pip the Troll in a future Guardians movie as well. Um, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hey guys, y'all could come in with this, because we were talking about this earlier. They start throwing out a bunch of other uh, characters yeah. who to play. I'm not... I, personally, I can't see well, these other characters.
0: Well, that story also came out like three days before this recording by the right. Nerdist. And it's like, okay, right. the Nerdist is now reaching with some of this. But somewhere on Facebook I saw an article that mentioned Pip the Troll, and then also mentioned the... What was it? The Dwarf King from Asgard?
1: Or, yeah. 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 Um, So, now the article, the Den of Geek article doesn't, like, it goes It goes as far as Pip the Troll, uh, and it says that if we see him in Guardians that chances are Adam Warlock will be sure to follow. And, and there have been rumors that we may see Adam Warlock in the Guardians movie anyway. Um, well, Gamora used to hang with him.
2: Right. So there's already a connection there. And you talk about, uh, articles on, on the internet about this. Um, uh, there is one, I'm looking at uh, one from comicbookmovie.com, and it's showing pictures where Dinklage is in a salon getting his hair dyed red. And not just, like, dark red. We're talking kind of bright bright red. Right. Um, I'm looking at Pip the Troll here. I, Pip's really, pip, Really? Yeah. I, I'm thinking this is going to be Pip. He's got to... Well, okay, he doesn't got to be. But I don't see this heading down any other avenue. No. No. We already have Adam Warlock connection mm. with Yeah, Not Gamora. That's a giant flying turtle. Uh, Gamora. Gamora. Yeah. We have we saw Adam Warlock's cocoon in the collector's place. We did. Yeah. So to me, I mean I'm not one to normally recommend you put all your eggs in one basket, but, but. here but here I just don't see how he's playing anything other than Pip.
1: But I I agree. Uh-huh. Um
2: he he is the, he's the right height. He's got the right hair, especially you know they diet good. Right. Basically all you got to do is some pointy ear, elf ear prosthetics and some furry boots and you've got hip. Yeah. There's not you don't have to go through some, you know, extraordinary uh body makeup like with Drax the Destroyer or or do CGI with like Ultron. I mean, basically, he's there,
1: yeah. right? And well,
0: and he's that's got just, the
2: acting chops; he can pull it off.
0: And that, and that just means too that if he is Pip, you know, he could be strolling down Electric Avenue. So that would be one avenue he'd be walking down.
2: Don't do, dude. <laughs> oh my God! Just... All right, <laughs> boys, punch drunk. One too many hits oh with God. the snake.
1: Oh. <sighs> So so uh Avengers Infinity War is gonna open May fourth, twenty eighteen, which uh actually that's gonna be free comic book day weekend, I believe. So that's gonna be awesome. And then Avengers four will be May third the following year. So uh mark your calendars and uh, you know, and right now this is look like it's looking like it's pretty much at the rumor level because nobody has uh confirmed this yet, uh, from Marvel, but once we hear something, once we confirm, we'll let you guys know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, but while we're waiting for that news, we will let you know. Agents of Shield, uh, the new Agents of Shield promo reveals a leak in the organization. Uh-oh. Coming to us from cbr.com, uh there's a rat not a mouse but a rat undermining shield so it, always it, it's not mickey mouse i'm just saying mm. no um, although
2: there is some fanboys who probably will say that the mouse is ruining shield
0: no no it's someone else who feeling a little gray and feels they know how to get away with murder but i'm not going
2: to go there
1: <laughs> <laughs> er- 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 Erics is- Get, give, give,
0: <laughs> give her She-Hulk, and I'm sure she'll get stay.
1: Oh, my gosh. Man, you know what? Please, you know what? Yes. We we need a She-Hulk legal drama. I will let take her, that.
0: Let her do it. And I think I think oh. Marvel will be okay. But we still got more Marvel shows coming. Right. Um, so the big question is, who's this traitor? Um, mm. Obviously, the traitor, you know. We know there, there's something to do with Mae because she is an, she's an LMD at the moment while the real Mae is being kept in, in, in prison.
2: Under sedation. Yeah.
0: Under sedation. Um, but the promo also shows um, Holden instructing Ada to activate something menacing called the Sunset Protocol. But is he really the prime mover here? More importantly, for Aiden, Ada, and Holden, it seems that May is getting closer to discovering the truth as what what has happened to her. She might take a punch that lands her on the floor in the promo, but she certainly won't expect a little thing like that to keep her down for long. I mean, we are talking about the Calvary here. Yep. Um, and the payback will definitely hurt quite a bit. So,
2: Ooh. oh, you know.
0: So yeah, yeah.
2: Hmm. Now
0: that's what we have um, to look forward to.
2: Now, doing a quick internet search uh-huh. for Marvel Sunset Protocol. You don't you don't get Sunset Protocol come back, but you do get Sunset Bane. Uh-uh. Uh yes, a character uh mainly from uh Iron Man, uh, from the Iron Man comics. She uh she turned out being a uh, uh also known as Madam Menace. Okay. her actual first appearance, I said Iron Man and, and she does have some ties with Iron Man. She actually first appeared in a Machine Man comic.
1: Oh, okay. I remember Machine Man. Mm-hmm.
2: So, sounds
1: interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean she uh, she got one hold of one of Machine Man's arms that had been uh, torn off. Uh, it was stolen and sold to her. She intended to reverse engineer it and create her own robot army. So, yeah. Hmm. So she's she's kind of in the same field as as John Hanna's character. Right, uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I wonder if that has something to do with it. No, could be.
1: But I, I love it when Marvel reaches back like that to yeah an obscure character. You know, yeah, kind of like
2: their move with the director. Yeah, I mean they did reach really far back for him. Mm-hmm. Yes, they
0: did. Yes, they did.
2: <laughs>
0: so, um. So why don't we hit some comic news before we get to our picks of the week?
1: Sounds good. Um, well, I, speaking of comic news, I, I have uh, an announcement. Marvel announced that Black Panther and the crew is going to be an ongoing series. Okay. Okay. Um, and that this is from an article on cbr.com. Uh, Black Panther's corner of the Marvel Universe continues to grow. In addition to Black Panther and Black Panther: World of Wakanda, Marvel announced via Time the launch of a new series, Black Panther and the Crew. Now this is a this is a, a title that spins out from a two part storyline in Black Panther number seven uh, that features Black Panther with a group of heroes, and it's going to be like Black Panther. It's going to be written by Todd. Nahisi Coates and Yona Harvey, uh featuring art by Butch Geis. Now the cruise series is gonna feature Black Panther, Storm, Luke Cage, Misty Knight, Manifold, and Manifold, and it's gonna be set in Harlem. So that's gonna be interesting because Luke Cage will uh, I mean, he's obviously already has Power Man and Iron Fist. Right. And he I I'm thinking that you're gonna be seeing them pretty regularly in um the new uh uh book for uh Jessica Jones because she has a new book coming soon. So, you know, uh, everything's coming up Luke lately, so I guess technically everything's coming up Black Panther. This is a Black Panther story, not Luke Cage story. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so now, mind you, much like uh, uh, much like oh uh, gosh, what was the other the other series I was really into? Hold on. Nighthawk? Nighthawk. Okay. So, I get the feeling that much like Nighthawk, this book is going to be very, uh, it's going to attack social issues. Uh, I don't know how if it's going to be as heavy as Nighthawk was, uh, but according to this one, um, the initial story is focusing on what happens after an activist dies while in police custody. So, so, so yeah. So we already. So you know this. Uh, is unfortunately a story that we we've seen in the headlines before, uh, and uh, and it's it's not uh, it's not something that Marvel has shied away from because it, this was a uh, an issue that are that Marvel has addressed in their many titles over the years. So it's going to be interesting to see number one how this book how well received this book is, right. and if this book will be able to weather. Uh, we'll, we'll see how. Time if timing is going to be a friend or an enemy of, to this book, like what happened with uh, with a uh, Night Night so we'll see.
2: Well, I, I tell you something else that may be kind of a detriment to this series, you know, lasting for very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am looking at an article from comicbookmovie.com. dot com. Uh, it the headline just reads, "It sounds like retailers are beginning to get seriously sick of Marvel due to poor sales." Mm. Uh, yeah, and right underneath it. It says, while Marvel isn't exactly struggling in terms of sales, comments from a variety of retailers point to them and their customers reaching the end of their tethers with endless new number one issues and big events. Mm. Okay, so, of course, they're saying the uh, the launch of the DC Rebirth has hurt them, and even Image manages to regularly beat I- I have a little bit of trouble with some of the comments that are made in this article Mm -hmm. because it does not appear to be objective. I mean, there is there does appear to be some some slant in there. Right. Because when they say uh, the site caught up with retailers from all over the U.S., as you can see below, they're not happy with the way Marvel is handling their comics, especially as the endless new number one issues and big events are clearly hurting their shops in terms of their overall sales. Okay, there are only four quotes in this article. Only four comments, like uh, somebody talking about Spider-Man, Deadpool was our best-selling Marvel ongoing for a while, mostly outselling Civil War and other events, but the oversaturation of Deadpool has caused it to finally calm down, dropping awful lot these past three or three months. Um, we just closed our best year of all time, best month and our best sales week in history leading up to Christmas, but Marvel sales have never been this low in our store in the past 15 years. So I mean, a good to chunk me of it. to me if you if you take just four statements and you supposedly went around the US yeah i mean how cherry picked is this list that's how it feels i mean it does the this article does have a feel of cherry picked to it mm-hmm. but something that you can't slant is that Out of the top ten sellers, from I'm guessing this was December uh, because this was posted. uh, Step. When was this posted? I don't see. Um, I will say like you know just after the first of the year. So out of the top ten, you only have two that are Marvel. The rest are DC. Yeah.
0: Well, the the other thing the other thing gets me though is look at all the titles Marvel has put out,
2: and that may be that may be part of it. Right. I mean, you've got. Guys, I hate to to criticize Marvel just for no good reason, but – and again, I'm wondering if there's not some kind of slant bias in this article. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. But at the same time, do you ever get the feeling that with these titles that Marvel keeps coming out with, it's almost like the let's throw everything at the wall and see what sticks?
0: Yeah. yeah well, and of course, we talked about over on Weeby geeks how d c is increasing on some of their rebirth titles um pricing to three ninety nine and part of that three ninety nine is they're adding a digital copy to the book, hmm, just like Marvel. But the the author of the, of the story that broke the news on this had done an article about Marvel saying, but look how you know, Marvel's gone away from that to this new experiment. It's like, no, they're still offering, if you buy Star Wars number 27, you're going to get Star Wars number 27 digital copy. But you're also going to get two or th- two to three more books that aren't related that are the books of the month.
2: Right.
0: And they're going to start doing that, because I think we talked about that on the show.
2: Right. I think we did, yeah.
0: How they're going to add more content to your – more bang for your buck, that you're going to get at least minimum three books digitally,
1: and and, if not more that's awesome i mean that does not hurt that doesn't hurt the buyer one bit and you're getting pretty much two extra books that may possibly entice you and you know then you know it's more shut up marvel and take my money you yeah. know? that's the worst of it you know yeah. yeah
2: yeah so but i mean again though in this article the, the parts that cannot be argued are the numbers. True. And also let's see. I'm trying to find where else this article says it, but on the second 10, yeah, this this is a uh, this is one of the four, this is one of the four statements they got. Uh, Marvel took two spots in our store's top 10, Civil War number Civil War 2 number 8 and Star Wars 26. Mm-hmm. Everything else was all DC as usual. Marvel had two more titles in our store's top 20 with DC taking the other eight places there. Okay, so out of 20, 16 are DC for Marvel, yeah, I, I mean bias or not, that's that's something I don't know. How do you fix that? I, you know, do you think I, it's Do you think it just has something to do with the fact that Rebirth is kind of hot right now? I, 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 I have a problem with those numbers. Here's why. Okay,
1: you walk into any comic shop. Okay, okay. you're good. You're going to have, of course, Marvel and DC. Those are given, but you have a slew of independent books on, out there too. So I find it hard to believe that the top. Twenty titles in a given store are divided between the big two. I, I g- can't take issue with that.
2: Now, of course, this is coming from just one store, right? And we don't know how much this this was cherry picked. Exactly. I would. I personally would like to see more than four statements used to uh, to, to back up an assertion. Exactly. Right. So, I, I just, yeah, I'm going to say yes. I think they have a valid point with. Marvel Marvel, again, throwing stuff to the wall, just see if they'll stick. Yeah. We get some good things out of that, like like Hawkeye, like Nova, like Howard the Duck, but we also get some that, well, not so much. But again, that that's kind of the nature of the beast. You are going to have titles that flounder mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons, and you're right. going to have some that you just think, well, this is not going to work worth a darn. Uh, we'll do it out there just, just to say we did it, and then right. it takes off like gangbusters, and you wind up extending the Run because people like it, right? Right. right. I, don't, that's true. I, don't know, I don't. I honestly don't. I don't. honestly don't think Vader was supposed to last as long as it did. No. I don't know that they figured Star Wars would last as long as it has.
0: Yeah, but I, I think Star Wars is going to keep going for quite some time. I mean, oh, po, I'm not arguing that Poe Dameron's going. I'm, I'm sure that's not going to go past twelve. Right. Maul's that's only, only a five. That's, well, it's the same thing with. With Canaan, Kanan was only supposed to be a, a five-issue mini. Well, the sales were doing good, so they expanded it. Well, when they did, they kind of got lost on what they were going to do. So it was like more backstory that we didn't need. Right. So, um, the uh, I mean, to me, this, the Star Wars stuff's fine. The, the Disney Kingdom stuff is fine. It's with Marvel, it's so much the other characters, they don't know what they're going to do.
1: Right. I mean, now I'm not knocking it, but Black Panther is in three titles. Yeah. Uh, Black Panther is almost becoming the Batman of Marvel because...
2: Well, in know, some ways, he was to begin with.
1: Right. Exactly. And, you know, Batman, I mean, you know, Batman, you end up with Batman, you end up with uh detective comics you got you know was it? it used to be batman the outsiders i mean there was one point where there was like two batman books for every other dc title out there and not you know there's <sighs> I don't know. I, I get that we want to have variety, we want to have content, we want to give the fans an opportunity to be exposed to as much of the Marvel universe as possible. I'm all right. for that. I really am. But there, when it gets to the point where it feels, like I said, it feels like, hey, let's just throw this out there and see what see what uh, sticks. You know, I mean, like, do you really get to focus on what's quality? Like, I was enjoying um, Red Wolf.
2: Mm-hmm. Red know? Wolf's going by. Red Wolf's gone. Um, so, well, then let me ask this question, guys: Do you think that long-running titles are out of style, or, or I, I don't want to say they're a thing of the past, but it, 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 how are we seeing a decline in those? Because I mean, used to be you had you know the amazing Spider-Man 537 or <laughs> Captain America 350, and there was a certain amount of the the public that would say that's too that's that's too long a history to get into. You don't want to pick it. Up at that point, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, there there reaches uh, a certain uh, point where you're fatigued with it. You can only tell so many different stories in so many different ways, right? And by the time you reach three, four, five hundred issues, it's kind of like, well, what can you do with it? True, uh, true. So I'm just I'm just wondering: Are we going to see fewer and fewer titles last? I, I
1: mean, or, or or maybe we maybe we are going to see a a change in the st- in the way stories are told. Um, what what? Okay, a book that I really enjoyed back in the mid nineties was Legends of the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. It would take a Batman story and it'll be it'll be over four or five issues, one self contained story, and then boom, and then you know then you had another story. And I was so hooked on that because that was a great way to end up with like a graphic novel level quality of story over a five issue arc.
2: That sounds not unlike what they were doing with classic X-Men
1: exactly
2: so I mean you would have the story from different points in the comics Mm -hmm. and then you'd have like a backstory yeah yeah
1: and you know maybe maybe that's something that they need to do uh, just just to see. I mean, and and maybe kind of get away from the big event. I mean, we we've had secret wars, we've had
2: civil war,
1: civil war. We've had two civil wars and a secret war. Original sin, original sin. Uh, X Men versus Avengers.
2: Yeah,
1: Axis, Axis, and now we got uh, we got Inhumans versus X Men. Yeah. I, I think I think it gets a bit unwieldy when you have so many big events going on. I, I I just do. I think maybe let's. It's sort of like what happens when you know you finally get past the holidays and you realize that you've eaten you, that you ate like a jerk for for three weeks and you kind of need to go two or three days without food and let your body settle down. Yeah. Maybe that's kind of like what we need to do.
2: Okay. So, uh, that, I got another analogy for you. Okay. That goes along with the holidays. How many holiday specials have you seen where a character says I wish it were Christmas every day and they get that wish and then after about a week or two of Christmas every day they get sick and tired of it mm-hmm. and they realize that if every day is special then no day is special? Exactly. So, you know, there is a sense of if everything's a big event then nothing's a big event.
1: Right. I yeah. you know, I kind of I you know, I remember I remember Executioner song. And I was excited for that you know and i you know and i actually picked up every book in that run i was committed to it yes um and uh, you know okay and that's fine and i you know if and that was like back when something like that happened maybe once every two or three years but uh, what ever since what 2000 2005 something like that it feels like every summer we have some big event and you just you just you, you spend spring waiting for the big event to happen and trying mm-hmm. to decide exactly how committed you're going to be to said event you know? yeah. I don't know I like you know there were certain things that happened when, within uh, Civil War 2 that I paid attention to and certain books I was reading did cross over and I kind of I did keep up with what was going on but I wasn't that committed to Civil War 2 well speaking
0: yeah. speaking of books um just because of time we're going to jump right into it we oh. got our picks of the week so I know, oh yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. know no no Shaz this week. Um tell you what, I'm gonna go ahead and start us off. My first book, Star Wars number twenty seven. Uh writer is Jason Aaron, artist is Salvador LaRocca. Master Yoda finds himself on an all new world. That's it.
2: <laughs> As in like Aladdin and Jasmine flying around on the carpet singing. No. But that is a mental image that's going to linger, isn't it? Oh my
1: gosh. Mm. Show you the world, I will. Mm.
0: World all new? As we stop there. <laughs>
1: oh my god I'm done
0: (laughs) (laughs) so uh, how about we move on to Eric so he can bail me out
2: okay Uh, my first pick of the week is a number two issue it is Hulk number two written by Mariko Tamaki penciled by Nico Leon how can you fight the monster when the monster is yourself as Jen continues to struggle with the Hulk and anger within herself her newest client struggles with her own dark secrets what happens when a terrified recluse is forced to To the world against her will? When fear is pushed into the light, can Jen reconcile the two halves of herself in time to help her client? Okay. And yes, I do totally love this She Hulk as Hulk. Yes. Okay. Kylan, how
0: about you?
1: All right, so Daredevil, number 16, is my first pick. Uh, The writer is Charles Soule. Penciler is Goran Suzuka. And the cover artist is Dan Pinozian. The seventh day continues. A man who never misses only needs to pull the trigger once. That's not a fortune cookie, I promise.
0: There you go. Well, I had problems picking a second book. Um, Well, I picked a second book. And I, I went with Thunderbolts number nine. Uh writer is Jim Zub, artist is John Mallon. Um sometimes you have to do the right thing with with the team you've got, not the team you want. Mm. Mm. And oh, it's a whole new world. Oh, wait, sorry. That was Star Wars.
2: Yeah. yeah there you go. Uh, okay. My number two of the week is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 15. Written by Amy Reader and Brandon Montclair. Penciled by Natasha Bustos. Because you demanded it. Guest starring Riri Williams, Ironheart. There's room for two young, black, gifted kids in the Marvel U. Is it there? <laughs> I love it. I say yes. I say yes. I love the cover. It's almost like everybody's racing each other.
1: Yeah. The <laughs> so two of the smartest people in the Marvel universe. One has a, a power suit, and the other one hangs out with a dinosaur.
2: But on this cover, Lanella is is like she's taking a cue from Wiley e. Coyote because she's got roller skates on and she's got a jet pack that is that is like propelling her forward, and the look on her face. It's just like she's channeling her inner cartoon character. Oh my god! I'm gonna have to go look at that cover. You're gonna have to look at this because <laughs> yeah. it's just—it's it, hilarious.
0: It's—it's it's a great cover.
2: This—this this has got to be one of my favorite co- covers of the past few months. Easy. Oh
1: my god, this is awesome.
0: So, Kylan, your second pick.
1: My second pick is a number eight, The Punisher, number eight. Uh, now, mind you, this is a parental advisory book. Uh, the writer is Becky Cloonan. The penciler is Steve Dillon. And the cover artist is Declan Shalvey. Over the river and through the woods, Frank gets help from an unlikely source. But trouble's not far behind. If you go out in the woods today, you're sure for a big surprise. Okay. Now, I never thought I would see Frank Castle knitting. <sighs>
2: Knit one, I pearl. He's, two.
1: Probably,
2: he's probably knitting like a body bag or something. Yeah.
1: Probably.
0: Knit one pulled pearl two trigger three.
2: Yeah, uh, there pretty pretty it is. Yeah, yeah. That might <laughs> be show title as well. I like Knit it. Knit one, pearl two, trigger three. There you go. Knit
0: one, pearl two, trigger three. Trigger three. <laughs> well, I had problems picking a third book, so I went with a trade paperback. Ah! It's not the first time I've gone with a trade paperback, but this one, I'm super interested in. Star Wars Legends, Epic Collection, Newspaper Strips.
2: Oh! Ooh! Ooh! As we all say that universe in unison,
0: classic tales of Star Wars from the funny pages to your bookshelves. Beginning in 1979, fans got a daily dose of a galaxy far, far away in their newspapers. Now, this volume you can savor. Now, with this volume you can savor those stories without the 24-hour wait. C-3PO chronicles the adventures of the rebel heroes. Luke takes on his chances on a gambler's world. A Sorgeon on Tatooine is anything but peaceful. Princess Leia is put to work as an imperial servant. Han Solo makes another Kessel run. Han and Chewie get more than they bargained for on a job, and Boba Fett makes his print debut. This is collecting Classic Star Wars: The Early Adventures one through nine, Classic Star Wars: Han Solo's at Stars End one through three, and Classic Star Wars one through three, and material from Classic Star Wars four. And that I used comes to up.
2: watch. The, I used to read that stuff pretty. Religiously. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. So yeah, I, I'm gonna have to get. I might. I might have to grab that. And
0: that'll be worth the forty bucks. So, yeah. Uh, so Eric, your final pick of the week.
2: My final pick of the week is. Uh, I think this was going to be my pick last week, but we didn't get a chance to do it. But uh, fortunately for me, it's been pushed back a week. (laughs) It is Doctor Strange number 16. Uh, (laughs) Written by Jason Aaron, penciled by Chris McCallow. Blood in the Aether reaches its jaw-dropping conclusion. Doctor Strange has run the gauntlet of his most powerful villains, and waiting at the end, the scariest of all, the dread Dormammu is back and bringing the hurt to his arch enemy. Hmm. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. <laughs> Dharma, boo! I've come to bargain. <laughs> oh, it's like Groundhog Day all over.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: so, Kylan, your final pick of the week.
1: My final pick of the week is Ghost Rider number three. Uh, the writer is Felipe Smith. Penciler is Danilo Bayruth, and the cover artist is Felipe Smith. Uh, sibling rivals, newly minted big sister Laura Kenny goes toe-to-toe with Tumblr's favorite big brother, Robbie Reyes. Plus, Gabe versus Gabby. Hey, uh, is any gonna stop the giant purple alien rampaging through Southern California? Mm. There you go. That's that.
0: Well, I do have the, uh, Marvel Unlimited pick for this week. And I have gone with Tales to Astonish, number 64, uh, which this came out in February of 1965. Um, there's two stories here uh, it's Giant Man and The Incredible Hulk. Uh, the first one is When Atuma Strikes, uh, featuring characters Giant Man, aka Harry Pym and the Wasp. Uh, villains is Atuma and Robotron. Um, synopsis is basically Harry Pym's working on a project involving his aunts. He calls Janet over to bring him a box of tubes, which he accidentally drops. Pym um, gets angry with Janet, causing her to get upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, while in her room, Janet Van Dyne thinks about how she feels foolish for being in love with a man who she feels will never return the affection. She packs warrior clothes in a suitcase and boards a plane to an undisclosed location, leaving a note behind for Hank to read. So, flash forwarding, meanwhile, Jane's plane gets taken into a fountain of bubbles by Atuma. Atuma is still embarrassed over the defeat that happened to him at the hands of the Submariner and decides to redeem his honor by attacking the plane and planning on taking a human from it to study. The plane is taken to a newly created island next to the bubble fountain. Uh, Jane is chosen by Atuma to be the person for the underwater enemies to study. And for there, I'm going to leave you wanting more. Now, the second story, um, featured characters is Bruce Banner. Supporting characters, General Thaddeus, Thunderbolt, Ross, Glenn Talbot, Rick Jones, Betsy Ross. Other characters, Lyndon B. Johnson. What? Starting as the last issue ended, Bruce Banner is locked in a government prison for allegedly trying to steal a device that he created for the army. He has been taken by tranquilizer pills to keep him. Or he's been taking tranquilizer pills to keep him from turning into the Hulk while in jail. Uh, Thunderbolt and Major Talbot simply assure he is taking them to, to keep him from panicking. When Bruce is moved to DC prior to his trial, Rick Jones pays him a visit, and Bruce tells him he should just tell everyone the truth about who he is. Bruce says he can never do that for if the enemies of America discovered who he was and how he got his powers they might want to study him and use his powers for their own desires. Banner thinks out loud or thinks aloud that he would reveal his identity to but only to one person who would never let that information get out. This gives Rick an idea. He goes to see the president of the United States himself Lyndon B. Johnson. At first Rick can't get through to him but he he gets through easily once he shows the staff his Avengers badge. once President Johnson knows the truth, he immediately gives Bruce Banner a pardon. There you go. Now, this is why I picked the book. It has a president in it. And with today, with the transition of power, uh, at the time of this recording, um, it doesn't matter who, who, who it is. Every four years we go through this. We, we were going to do an article about 15 times a president appeared in Marvel Comics. This inspired me for this one just because of that story. Who would give Hulk a pardon if you have him in jail?
2: Well, you know, we file that under ideas that seemed a good thing at the time.
0: Well, obviously, Lyndon B. Johnson must have because I don't think he thought he could pick the Hulk up by the ears like he does Lady Bird, his dog.
1: <laughs> so... Um, I think Carter would have given them a pardon.
0: True, Ford might have as well.
1: Ford might have.
0: So, well, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Any final thoughts? I
2: can't um, think of any, uh, no, I can't think of any final thoughts here. No.
0: Then on that note,
2: all wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else?
0: Nope. Just time to go dark. I'm sorry. That Logan trailer. Oh.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, oh my! Gosh. I mean,
0: all the others. I'm like, yeah, cool. I want to see this, but this is one. I'm going. I gotta see it.
2: This is not feeling like a superhero movie. No. No. Now, like more like a Jason Bourne kind of movie. Maybe. Yes.
1: Well, hey, I mean, to me, and that, what, that's what a Wolverine
0: movie should have felt like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tom Clancy film type film, I could go with as well with this. Yeah. yeah. The, this is the Wolverine tale we should have had. Yeah. Or the styling we should have had.
1: Exactly.
0: The Wolverine was close, but if they had done this with that... Yeah. Yeah it would it, it would have been 10 times better yeah oh um. my